because anointing is a topic that has been so stretched out of proportion and so much misinformation and wrong teaching about the anointing. And so today I want to give you some answers that I believe are 100% biblical. We don't need uh, opinions. There's a lot of opinions out there. But I want to give you the word of God, anointing, the aroma of the anointing. Isn't that a beautiful, beautiful thing to look at? The anointing is one of the most uh, misunderstood topics in the word of God through the years. Now, you, I want to preface this by saying I grew up in the Assemblies of God. I've been uh, Assemblies of God for 60 years uh, and 14 months. My, I was carried to church in my mama, okay? I've been in the Assemblies of God all my life. I have seen everything there is to see in church. Some things were great. Some things were horrible. And so today I want to bring you the anointing because I believe a lot of times really good meaning people just don't understand what God is doing with the anointing. I want you to understand first and foremost, man does not anoint you with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Man does not do that. There have been a lot of teachings through the years that I can pray for you and give you my anointing. That is not biblical. We do not have transference of anointing. God has enough anointing for every one of us. He doesn't have a limited supply and go, let me give it to him, and then you've got to give some of yours to him and her. No, no. God, God is the one who anoints, and he is the only one who anoints. Any teaching other than that is not biblical. Uh, we once, when we were on staff, had an evangelist come into our church, and he said that he was going to give people his anointing. Wrong. Can't do that. He also said that when he left, he would take his revival with him. Wrong. You, you just can't take the revival with you. It's not yours. It's not mine. I don't bring it, I don't give it, and I don't take it. God is the one who anoints, and God is the one who moves in our midst. Remember I talked about being in the midst of God? He's the one that does this. So over the years, I've learned a lot about the Holy Spirit and the anointing and the Word of God and how God works in the local church. Uh, let's take the word that we throw around a lot in the Assemblies of God, revival. Revival. I mean, know that word, revival. I mean, that's what we were raised in, revival, but I believe we've taken it to the wrong definition because the word revival means a reawakening of religious fervor, especially by the means of a series of evangelistic meetings. So if you want to have a revival, you have to first of all be asleep in the presence of God. Everybody's gone to sleep in the church. No one's awake and no one's aware of God's presence. Or another definition of revival is to take that which is dead and bring it back to life. So I don't think our church fits either one of those criteria. I do not think you guys are asleep to the presence and the power of God. I believe you are aware of the presence and power of God. Nor do I think as a church we are dead. So I don't think we need a revival. What? Pastors against revivals? Kinda. Let me tell you why. Because I believe that revivals are just kind of like an ICU or an ER at the hospital. You know, you go there to get your life saved, but you can't live in the ER and the ICU. They're good for whenever you need to get saved, but it's not where you live. Watch this process. I grew up where we went to church four to five nights a week. 
How many of you grew up like that? We had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Then you had sometimes a Monday night, a Thursday night, a Friday night singing, Saturday. Every Saturday night had a singing somewhere. So we were in church four, five, six times a week. And then I saw another reformation of this revelation come back now. We can move it back to just three times a week because everybody's so busy. So we do Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Well, now we've changed it even more to where we usually come on Sunday mornings. We got a rotation about that. I'll talk about that in just a minute. And then no Sunday night and then some Wednesday nights. Yeah. So then we move to where most churches in America have church you attend once a week for 50 minutes. And we are now telling God all the things that you need to do in my life I need you to get it all done and crutch it in to 50 minutes. God, you better show up. I want to come to church and get revived. No, I don't think that's the way God wants us to live. I believe that God wants us to live in a total awareness of his presence every day, every minute, every hour. The average church attendee attends once every six weeks. Can you imagine once every six weeks for 50 minutes? I think that person might be asleep. I think that person may become dead after a little while. But we are not to live in this roller coaster. I mean, we had scheduled. We scheduled in God's move in our life. In the springtime, we had spring camp meetings. Remember those? I mean, there'd be some big personality come in, and he would preach and get everybody riled up and all excited, and the next Sunday you go to church, and everybody in your church is like dead on the door now. I'm like, what happened from last Friday to Sunday? I mean, they were jumping and singing and praising, and, Woo! and then they come to church on Sunday. And... What happened? And you know what else I've seen? I've seen a lot of revivals end with church splits. Because half the people want to do it this way, half the people want to, and so the church splits. I got to tell you, God is never in division. He's never in chaos. He's never in the schisms. He is in the unity and peace and righteousness and holiness and joy and all those things. God does not have a move of God that divides a church. God has a move of God that brings the church together. But we would have all these things scheduled. He had the spring. Well, then we'd have a summer. Well, wait a minute. Can't do summer because God doesn't really move in the summer. Because we got vacations. We got golf. We got fishing. We got all the things we're doing at the lake. And so we, didn't, we just didn't schedule much God in the summer. But then come the fall, baby, we hit it hard on. Fall of the camp meeting. And everybody get riled up. Then the next Sunday, they're dead again. And I'm like, God, is this the way you want the church to live? High, low. High, low. God is everything. Where is God? And then you have people say some crazy things like this. There's just no anointing at that church. Really? Because you are the anointed ones. I am the anointed one. And so if we come to church, guess what? The church is anointed. When you go home, your home is anointed. When you go to the stores, that wherever you're at, it's anointed because you have the anointing of God upon you and it's there with you. It doesn't come and go. It's always there. We don't need these periodic ups and downs. We need a sustained awareness of God's presence and his anointing in our lives every second we live. You may say, Pastor, that's impossible. No, it's very possible. That's how God wants us to live. When he anoints us, we are anointed. 2 Corinthians 11.3 says this. 
But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may be somehow led astray from the sincere and pure devotion of God. Wow. We can't live in the emergency room. We can't live in the ICU. We have to live in this world but not be of this world. I mean, there was a, we had an evangelist one time selling his ties that he wore while he was preaching. And people were paying ridiculous amounts of money for his tie because he was telling them, because I wore this tie and preached in it, it's now anointed and I'm going to give it to you and, and it carries the anointing. with. That's just somebody scamming you. I'm just trying to tell you truth. And if you've been taken in, don't, don't beat yourself up. We all have at one time or another. There was only one instance in the Word of God where a piece of clothing was Paul prayed over it and gave it to someone one time, and that did because that prayer went with it. But one instance does not instigate a foundation for theology. You see, for something to be theological, it has to happen the same way over and over and over again. Now, do I believe in praying for the sick? We do that. Do I believe in praying and, and saying, God, sometimes I need you to pick me up? Absolutely, but I'm not dead. And I hope if I doze off a little bit in the spirit, God wakes me up and says, hey, pastor, wake up. I'm alive, and you need to be alive too. One time, one time does not do it the, the way we think. But somehow we get blown around by all kinds of winds and waves of doctrine. We, we get attracted to certain personalities because they are more anointed and all those things. we got to be careful. I've heard people say we have the anointing to preach. The anointing to teach, the anointing to pray, the anointing to heal, the anointing to deliver. And that is absolutely wrong. I can tell I got everybody's attention today. Those are the manifestations of the presence of God. We have an anointing upon our life, I believe, at any time for any child of God to be able to preach under the anointing, to be able to teach under the anointing. Now, they may have the gift of teaching, the gift of preaching, the gift of administrations, the gift of helps, the gift of hospitality, but that does not signify the anointing, it signifies the manifestations of the gifts of the anointing. The anointing is upon every man, woman, boy and girl that calls upon the name of the Lord and they are saved, God anoints them with his power and his presence. The word gift in the Greek is this, charisma, charisma. That is where we have the gifts in, uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12 has the charisma gifts of the Holy Spirit. But the word anointing or anoint comes from the word chrisma. Chrisma, which means we get our word Christ, the anointed one. So every one of us that are children of God have the chrisma, the anointing upon us. And then the gifts that we operate in we operate under the charisma, the gifting of the Holy Spirit in certain areas. Absolutely, some people do have the gift of preaching, the gift of teaching, the gift of healing and anointing and deliverance. All those, but we don't, that is a manifestation of the anointing. It is not the anointing. The anointing can only come from God and he anoints everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord. Remember last week in Exodus 30, God gave Moses this ingredients for the oil. And he said, I want you to take this oil and anoint everything. The tabernacle, I want you to anoint the basins, I want you to anoint the laver, I want you to anoint everything in the tabernacle, everything, all the instruments, and then last, I want you to anoint the priest. 
and the oil was gallons of this oil, and they poured it over their heads. It ran down the beard, Psalm 133, ran down Aaron's beard. It puddled up around them. Wow. They were anointed with the Holy Spirit and the oil, oil, okay? The anointing oil was there. God does not need anyone to anoint us because God is the one who anoints. Now, do we pray for healing by anointing symbolically with oil? Absolutely. But does the person anointing them have the power to heal? No. God is the only one that heals. So we need to make sure we understand anointing. 1 John 20, chapter 2, verses 20 and 21 says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One. So where does your anointing come from? It comes from God. And all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know the truth, and because no lie comes from the truth. That is why we have to study to show ourselves approved and study to know what we're talking about. I don't think we need a revival. I just think we need to just become aware that God is here because you brought him with you. And the Bible says when two or three of us get together, he is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. So if you come to church, it's always anointed if you come because you are anointed. It's always anointed. Why? Because everything the oil touched became holy, right? And God anoints you and then everything you touch in your life is holy because you are holy. Not because of your actions or your deeds, but you are holy because you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Your sins have been removed as far as the east is from the west. And yes, we are all anointed and we all operate in different manifestations of the charisma, the gifting of the Holy Spirit, but all are anointed. I think we need to get that. Every one of us, we are priests. We're part of the priesthood of Christ, and we are all anointed. And you receive that anointing from God and not from man. The anointing, the Bible says, it remains in you. I love that because it is oil-based, oil-based. You see, you have the anointing with you at all times. That anointing has this sense of aroma. Remember he talked about make these ingredients like a perfumer would? The aroma was strong with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I believe that your life has an aroma to it. I believe that. I believe that churches have an aroma to them. This had a strong aroma because it was oil-based, and oil-based perfumes do not dissipate quickly. It stays with you. When I was a youth pastor, I was getting ready to go to lunch with several guys, and I had come around the corner in, in the office, and there was an older lady in our church, and she met me at the corner. She was pretty small, so she jumped up and slapped me on the head right there. It caught me off guard. And she had bought some kind of oil from somewhere. I don't know where it came from. But she said that God had sent her there to anoint me. I said, thank you, I appreciate it. I received that, absolutely. But I had to go to lunch, and I got in the car with my friends. We're going to lunch, other staff members, and I stunk. It was the worst smelling oil I'd ever smelled in my life. I, and they're like, oh, my goodness. They rolled the windows down. What in the world, Bardwell? What did you do? I'm like, man, sister so-and-so got me. I was coming around the corner. Boom. I had no way to get away from it. Go to lunch, and people around me, 
what is that? I work the rest of the day. I go home after, after working all day. I walk in the house, Sandy there, she goes, what is that smell? It was horrid. It stayed with me because it was oil-based. Oil-based sticks with you. Get this, church. You are anointed with an oil-based anointing. You don't lose it in a second. It stays with you. You're anointed on Sunday. Praise God, you feel the power of God. But when you wake up on Monday morning, you got the same anointing. Hallelujah. Because it doesn't dissipate quickly. I remember when we were youth pastor, didn't have any money. Now, you got to remember, I started working when I was 12 years of age, so I had my own money. I began at the age of 12 buying polo cologne. My wife, my kids know I, I, all I've ever worn since 12 years of age is polo. But when we became youth pastors, at that time, a bottle of polo like this was about $60. I've got kids that need to eat. And so I went into the store and I found a bottle that was the same color of glass. It was green. Looked the same. And matter of fact, it even said polo on it. But it was $6.80. Wow, if I can get polo for $6, I'm getting that. So I got it. I brought it home. And so I, I put some on. It smelled good. About 10 minutes later, the smell's gone. Because it was fake. It was match polo. I don't know what that means. But it was fake, and I should have known by the price. And so I could put that on, and like 10 minutes later, it's gone. So I would wear it Monday through Friday to work and Saturday, and it wouldn't last long. But Sunday, guess what I put on? The real deal. Put on the real stuff, man, because it lasts. And I found that's true with the Holy Spirit. He is an oil-based blessing and anointing upon your life. He's not a fake. He's not trying to be something that's a counterfeit. This, this is the real deal, church. And God has anointed you with the oil of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And it's going to saturate you. It's going to embrace. You're going to be able to be anointed all the time. It's not going to wear off. But you are anointed by God. I mean, think about this. Two million people. Living in tents in a close proximity, and the, the tabernacle is in the middle. You've got all the tribes around it, three on three on three on three. And every day the priests are offering sacrifices. There's blood, they're burning animals in the center of this living. I mean, there's a lot of stench going on. I mean, this is nasty, this is not pleasant. Somebody go, I want to be a priest. No, you didn't. I mean, those guys had a bad job. That's why they need to get that aroma on them every morning. So when they were in there burning the animals and cutting them all up, that oil of the anointing would maybe be under their nose and they wouldn't smell all the stench as much. And so they would begin to sacrifice. But that stench would fill the air and God says, I, I don't want my people to smell that. I want them to smell the aroma of the anointing. And so every morning everything was anointed. And I told you last week the breeze would blow this aroma throughout the tenting. And everybody would go, Ah, that's the presence of God. That's the aroma of the anointing. Yeah, because I want to tell you that sacrificing, it had to cover sin. And sin stinks. And everything it gets around stinks. And God says, listen, I, you can look at lifestyles. I believe we have an aroma with our lives. You can get around somebody that has a sinful lifetime and their life just stinks. It does. 
And if you get around them and you, you, you may say, well, I, listen, they need to be around you so your aroma kind of rubs off on them. Yeah. Have you ever been around somebody and you they walk in the room and, ah, oh, smell good. Have you ever been on vacation and you walk back in your house, you open the door, you walk back in, just what do you do? Ah, smells like home, right? Because your house smells like you. Yeah, it does. Every house has an aroma. You walk in, ah, smells like you. You're like, man, that smells so good. It smells like home. Every life has an aroma. And people who live in sin, their lives have an aroma. I tell you, it stinks. Everything about their life, it just stinks. And you know what has to cover it? Sacrifice after sacrifice. And that stinks. And the only thing that's going to make their life smell great, have that aroma, is the presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You can watch people's face change in an instant when they receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It just, they just begin to beam. And then they begin to go, look, man, look what God has done in my life. And they begin to make all these changes in their life, and all of a sudden their life begins to smell really good. Have you ever hugged somebody and just take a deep breath while you're hugging them? I know that sounds kind of weird. Just when I said it out loud, it sounded weird, but I do it sometimes. I'll take and hug my wife, Sandy. I'll hug her up. I just go, smells like Sandy. She smells great to me. My kids have told me that when I sweat, I sweat polo. I probably do. But it's that aroma. That's my wife. That's my family. Yeah. And I believe that God wants you to have that aroma with you at all times. He doesn't want you to stink up the room that you walk into, but he wants you to bring in that aroma of the anointing. I believe the closer people would get to the presence of God, the sweeter it would smell. And I believe the closer people get to God in their life, the sweeter they are going to smell in their life. The sweeter they're going to sound, and the sweeter they're going to be. I'm telling you, I've seen it over and over and over again. People get a fresh anointing, a fresh oil, and, and they, there's an old song we used to sing when I was a kid. I remember this. It goes, uh, give me that old-time religion. Remember that? It makes me love everybody. Yeah, you do. You start going, I love everybody. I love even you. <laughs> I didn't when I walked into the church, but now I love you. Come here, give me a hug. Man, people want to hug everybody. Want to, they're, just, oh, they're just so full of joy and so much peace in their life, and it smells good. You know why you didn't want to leave last Sunday? Because it was a sweet-smelling presence of the Holy Spirit. There was a thickness in the air. There was a power here, and you just want to go, I just want to keep breathing this in. Hallelujah. I just want to sit in His presence. Hallelujah. They tell you when you go to sell a house, put on a pot of peas before you leave to let somebody come in and look at it because when they walk in and smell like peas, they go, hmm, it smells like grandma cooking. I like this house. Yeah. I just give you that little tip if you want to sell a house. Put on a pot of peas and let it be cooking when you leave. Don't stay gone too long because when you come back, you won't have anything. <laughs> they don't smell like, never mind. Our lives have an aroma about them. And people, when they get around us, when we hug them, guess what? Our aroma, they smell it. I believe that. They smell our life, the joy that we have. I'm not talking about a physical aroma. I'm talking about the presence of God. They, they, they say something's different about you. How can you have joy during a pandemic? How, how come you're not filled with fear? How can you, what? I don't, uh, and then you can tell them, listen, 
God changed my life. My life used to, man, just stink. And now I love life. I love getting up every morning. I love going to bed every night. God is so good to me. God is so faithful to me. And they begin to go, how can I get what you have? Well, you can't have mine because it's mine. But you can get your own from God. From God. I love it. Because we get to hang around God, and people who hang around us get closer to God. And guess what they smell? Something sweet. I want to give you two verses that have always confused me a little bit. But I think I figured it out. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. Here's what it said. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ to those who are being saved and to those who are perishing. To the one we are an aroma that brings death. What? To the other an aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? So we are the aroma of Christ. It just said that right there. But then it said, to one group of people, we're an aroma that smells like death. I don't want to smell like death, do you? I want to smell like life. I think I got it figured out. To other Christians, they can smell the death of our self-dying. We crucify ourselves and we are alive to Christ. To Christ, we are the aroma that's pleasing. But to other believers, they smell the death of our flesh. They smell us sacrificing things on the altar when we come to church. And they say, you know what, I, man, look at what God's letting die in your life and you're, you're crucifying that and there's a smell about that in you. so to believers sometimes it smells like death but to those who are perishing we smell like life we are the aroma of Christ to the perishing why? because they don't smell what we've been killing what they smell is what God has caused to be living hallelujah and with a sweet sweet fragrance and they're like hey I want to be like you I want that like my life I have found excellence is so attractive. Everybody loves excellence. And when we live, because the word of God says, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. And we live a life of excellence. People look and go, how do you, how do you have such a great attitude? How do you not explode? How, does, how, how do you keep your wife happy, your husband happy? How, how do you keep your kids doing this and that? Well, it's not me. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's the charisma, the power and presence of God in my home. He's in your home? Yeah. He doesn't just drop in for a visit and leave on Sunday? No. He's there all the week long, 24 hours a day. The anointing is upon us. Jesus said that in the New Testament. He said, the anointing is upon me. To do what? Because I'm charisma. I'm Christ, the anointed one. To set at liberty those who are held captive. I'm anointed to heal those that are sick. I am here to bring good news. And when we live our lives under the anointing, we bring people around us good news. And it smells good. And it's aroma of Christ. And they go, hey, I want to get the stench out of my life so I can smell like your life. How do I do that? Well, first of all, you've got to have a little bit of stench by crucifying your flesh. Die to self. And that's the process that all of us who are believers are constantly doing. Dying to self. So that Christ may live in us. John said it like this. I must decrease that Christ may increase. So to those who are believers sometimes. 
It's no longer I, me, or we. To the unbeliever, it's no longer the smell of racism, prejudice, religion. We don't smell like that to the unbelievers. We are a sweet aroma. We don't come in with racism and prejudices and all those. We come in with, hey, God loves you. God died for you. God cares about you. And he wants to give you a life in abundance. He wants to give you hope and joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. He wants to lift you up out of the stench of the lifestyle of sin and give you a brand new robe. I talked about it Wednesday night, a new robe and a new ring. And, and this signifies that everything is at a right standing with your Father. And you have the authority and the power of the Father given to you by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And man, life starts making sense. It all works out together. And it's because of the anointing. The aroma of your life to the unbeliever does not have bitterness and anger and slander and strife and division and envy and on and on the list goes because that stinks. But your life has the aroma of the anointing and it remains on you, as the word of God says. It remains on you. It is oil-based anointing. It's not some cheap counterfeit. It's not something you've got to go, i got to get it again this morning. I mean, God does want to anoint you every day, but it doesn't start from scratch. It just adds to it every day, the anointing. And it goes with you wherever you go. So if you say the church does not have the anointing, you might want to go home and get a fresh anointing before you come back next time. If you go somewhere else, listen, that's why we don't chase after personalities we got to stop that. We don't have these big ups and big downs. Oh, man, God is awesome. And then the very next day, I don't, I don't know where God's at. I don't know what happened to him. We don't have this stuff. It's not water-based. It doesn't dissipate. We had a house in Texas we bought. We had to gut it. I had a friend of mine that was a painter. And he told me that he was going to spray paint all of the inside of our house. We had some wood on the walls. And he was going to spray paint it. But in order to do that, he had to use oil-based paint. And he wanted me to help him. I'm a good helper. I just don't know what I'm doing, so I can help really good. But we got through about 1.30 in the morning, and I had this oil-based paint all over me, in my hair, my eyelashes, my eyebrows, my face. I was covered in oil-based white paint. 1.30 in the morning, and I'm just ready to go to bed, and I go to clean up, and there's no paint thinner. None. What am I going to do? Sandy will validate this is a true story. Now, this is one of my most stupid moments in my life. So I look around and I find a gallon of gas. Don't get ahead of me. And so I take the gas and put it on my hands, and man, that, that paint just rolls right off. Well, that's the ticket. Got it off my hands. So I told Sandy, I said, now I've got to get it off my hair, my neck, and everything. So I'm going to bend over, it was outside, not in the house, bend over, and you pour this on me, and I'm going to scrub it. So she does. You should have stopped me. I just never thought about that. You should have stopped me. So, I just, it just hit me right then. Why didn't she stop me? I bent over. She pours it on my head. I am rubbing, and man, there's white paint coming off everywhere. And I'm like, wow, this is good. This is good. This is good. Look at all the paint coming off. And then all of a sudden, ah! I mean, I don't want to scream this out. It, it was on fire. Fire. 
And I started screaming, it's on fire, it's on fire, it's on fire. And I started running. I said, get a water hose, get a water hose. She was, she can't find anything. She said, and I get the water hose, I'm throwing them in, I'm running. And for about the next two hours, I was on fire. Because don't ever pour gasoline on your head. Don't leave here and think I can clean up oil-based paint by pouring gasoline on my head. Don't do that. It was stupid. Dumb. But it's 1.30 in the morning and I am tired and it's not water-based paint. Because water-based paint, you just take water and get it off. But this is oil-based. Yeah. If you've got the oil-based anointing, church, it's going to take a lot of effort to get it off of you. Come on. So I was raised that if you thought one little thing, you're going to hell. Whoop. Messed up, I got to go get saved again. I got saved hundreds of times. Oh, every service, I'd go down and get saved. Because they said, if you have a bad thought and Jesus comes back, boom, boom, you could go to hell. My, my, my salvation was just constantly in the battles. I'd lose it, get it, lose it, get it, lose it, get it. I'm like, wow, I can't live the rest of my life like this. You know what? It wasn't biblical. I believe that when God saves you, he gives you a lot of mercy and grace. And you're his child. And so I started realizing, hey, that anointing doesn't just rub off real easy. It doesn't dissipate. It's the oil-based anointing of the Holy Spirit. And he will cleanse you, absolutely. But thank God he doesn't use gasoline. Hallelujah. <laughs> it may hurt a little bit sometimes, but he loves you. And he will take care if you go out and get anything on your life. He'll help you clean it up. But it's oil-based, church. I want you to get that one thing, if nothing else, today. When God anoints you, you are anointed. And it doesn't just come and go with the breezes. It doesn't just leave you and then you get it and leave. No, no, no. God is with you. He wants to dwell in you. Set up house. He's not moving. He's coming in to dwell inside of you. And he loves you. And he doesn't want your life hitting highs and lows and highs and lows. He wants you to, the Bible says, you, if you pray to mountains, they'll come down low. The valleys will be raised up. He wants you to live a life that's even killed so that when somebody walks into your life, you can give them the truth of the word of God and not have them on some roller coaster like this that keeps them going, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Hey, I do know. I do know. The blood of Jesus Christ, it washes away all my sins. And they are never to be remembered again. Hallelujah. We're not dealing with the blood of bulls and goats anymore today. We're dealing with the blood of Jesus Christ, the anointed one. And that blood is anointed and whatever it touches is holy. And you are holy. And you are righteous. We need to stop the enemy from lying to you and trying to destroy your faith and trying to destroy your emotions and trying to destroy your praise and your worship because I know what it's like for him to, the enemy to come in and go, you're not worthy, you're not holy, you're not, I know what that's like. But I study the word of God and I realize it's not true. The Bible says every word that comes out of the devil, every word that comes out of his mouth is a lie. And God cannot lie. We need a life that remains sweet in the presence of God so that people, when they hug you, they smell your life and it's sweet. I believe we need to leave the stench of this world and leave the stench of sin and let God give us a fresh anointing. I believe some of us may need a reawakening. Absolutely. Wake up, man. God loves you and he's here. But some of us We've allowed the enemy to beat us up too much. Whew. 
every wind and wave. Well, I got to run over here and run over there because he's got this and she's got that. No, no, no. You just need to go to him. The author and the finisher of your faith. You say, Pastor, why are you talking to us like this today? Because I want you to be rooted and grounded in truth. Truth. Now, do we have times where God moves in different ways? Absolutely. I've preached about it called seasons. I believe in the seasons of God. I believe in my life. I can look back on my life and see seasons of how God worked in my life because I needed that season to change me. But I don't believe that God comes in, stays a while, and then leaves. I believe that you are anointed by God. And whatever gift, charisma he's given to you, you will have that manifestation of that gift. But that is not the anointing. The anointing is upon every child of God. Whether you preach or teach or not. Whether you sing or you don't sing or not, you're anointed. And everything you touch is anointed. Everything. Your home is anointed. Your children, when you pray for them, you love them, you bring them under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I thank God for that anointing, don't you? It's a sweet, sweet life. It overwhelms the stench of sin. And God is magnified and glorified. Would you stand with me today? Today we're going to observe communion. You do not have to be a member of our church to participate. But I ask that you search your heart. I do this every day, but I especially do it before communion. Search your heart. Ask God to search your heart. And if there's anything there that you need to be forgiven for, ask God to forgive you. If you ask for forgiveness, guess what he will do? He will forgive you of all your sins. But I want the men to come and help us that are going to help us. We're going to have a cup. It's going to be all in one piece. I want you to hold on to it so we can all partake together. They're going to lead us in some worship. And I want us to get ready to go to the table, the, the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper together, because we're remembering what he's done for us. And let me tell you, what he did does not dissipate quickly. What he did lasts forever. Forever. And so this morning, would you just kind of get into your own little space for just a minute? Just you and God. I love the way God is such a personal God. Just let him speak to your heart and you speak to him and let him show you anything that's there. You can ask him to forgive you while we worship. In the presence of the
troubles vanish. Sing that part. Troubles vanish. Troubles vanish. anointing. You feel that? I believe when we sing together like that, that anointing just becomes so prevalent, so aware of that anointing. That anointing breaks yokes of bondages, church. It tears down strongholds. There is nothing that the anointing cannot pierce and destroy. Hallelujah. When you have the anointing of God upon your life, Bible says that we are able to extinguish every fiery missile that the enemy sends at our life. We extinguish it because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? Man, the enemy wakes up every day trying to take you out and can't do it because you have the anointing all around you. The sweet, sweet, sweet fragrance, presence of God. Take the bread and hold it with you. We do not believe this is the body of Christ, but we do believe it represents, it is symbolic of the body of Christ. The anointed one. The Bible says that he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. I believe in that. The Bible says that a pen is dipped in the blood of Jesus Christ, and our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, and no man can take them out. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. Thank God for his body today, for the stripes on his back, for all the humiliation, for all the beating of the, on the head with the reed and all the things he went through. He did it because he said, I'm tired of you being reminded of your sins. I'm tired of the blood of bulls and goats just covering your sins. I am providing a sacrifice that will take your sins away. Hallelujah. Never to be remembered again. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the body of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice on that hill. Today we take this bread and we hold it. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Let us eat together. The Bible says in the same manner, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood. Today we know it's symbolic. It reminds us what he's done for us and who he is. They pierced his body with his hands and his feet and they pierced his side with the spear and blood and water flowed, hallelujah, to wash away our sins. Thank you, Father. And the blood never loses its power, church. It is not weak, it is powerful. It will destroy every sin in your life. And it won't hurt you. It'll make you feel so free. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus Christ. Father, today we thank you for the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Because it is by this blood I am saved. Hallelujah. I am redeemed. I have been bought with a price. I am not my own. You are my father. You are my savior. You are my deliverer. You are my help in time of trouble. You are the name that I run to as like in a tower and I become safe. Hallelujah. 
Thank you for the blood today in my life. It not only cleanses me, but it gives me power today to defeat the enemy, to become more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We are conquerors today. We don't get conquered, we conquer because of the blood and the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ in our life. Today we thank you for that. In the precious name we pray. And everybody said amen. Let us drink together. Now come on, put that cup down. Hands up. They say, the pastor, I don't feel comfortable. Well, I need to make you feel comfortable. It's an act of surrender. God, I surrender my will to you. I surrender my life to you afresh and I love you with all my heart. I thank you for all the things that you've brought me through. I thank you for all the times I've been stupid in my life and, and you watched over me. Hallelujah. We just give God our own praise individually, however you want to. You just tell him how much you love him and how much you thank him for all the things he's brought you through. For all the times he's been faithful to you. For all the times when you didn't even know he was right there with you. Emmanuel, his presence and his power guiding you, directing your footsteps. Hallelujah. To bring you through. To bring you through victorious. To bring you through as a conqueror. To have you stand in this house today. A born again man or woman of God. A born again child of God. Who has the ring and the robe of Jesus Christ. Who has been blessed and washed and cleansed by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You stand here today because God brought you through everything in your life. Because God brought you to this house today. Don't forget him. Be reminded today of who he is in your life. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Hands up. Here we go. Tell him I surrender to you fresh in you. I love you. God, please, today, if I've done anything in my life to, that's not pleased me, Father, forgive me. Lord, help me to have a heart that loves everybody. Help me have a aroma in my life to those who are perishing, a sweet aroma of Christ. Hallelujah. To those who are believers, may they smell all the things that I've had to kill and, and sacrifice and myself being put on the altar so that you may become prominent in my life. God, today, help me not live up and down and up and down and up and down, in and out, but God, may I live a consistent life in the power and the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I feel this this morning. I thank you that we feel you. Hallelujah. We feel your presence. Hallelujah. 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 Just take a deep breath. Hallelujah. Just take a deep breath and just relax for just a minute. Some of you get so wound up in life, you never take time to just let God minister to you. Right now, God, strengthen those who need strength right now. I believe the Holy Spirit will come to you right now if you feel a little worn out and weary. He said, come to me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. I will let you put my yoke. My yoke is light. You've been carrying around too much. Let me have it. Put your yoke and your troubles on me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you've come here today and don't know if God loves you or not, I'm telling you, God loves you. No matter what you've done, He will forgive you of all your sins and wash you white as snow. Hallelujah. 
every head bowed and every eye closed for just a minute. We're singing this song. I feel the Holy Spirit just tell me to ask this question. Are you here today and your life stinks? And you're tired of it. You're tired of the stench of it. Are you here today and say, I need to ask Jesus Christ to come into my life? I want my life to become sweet. I want to have the sweet aroma of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I've got to do that. I've got to get things right. I keep making the wrong decisions and having the wrong friends and doing the wrong things, and I'm tired of it, and I want to stop today. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Is there anybody here this morning? Raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. God was telling you to say this because of me. If that's you, raise your hand. I'm going to wait just a moment because it doesn't take long to know if that's you. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for the power of God? He knows everything about us. He sees things no one else can see. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Church, can you pray with me like this? Everybody say this prayer together. But for the people that raise their hands, this is for you especially. But we're going to help you. We're going to walk you through this together. You ready? Everybody repeat this after me. Dear Heavenly Father, today I come to you with all my life, with all my actions, with all my deeds, and I surrender to you my heart. Come into my life. Live in me. Forgive me of all my sins. I surrender this all to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Can we just give God a hand clap of praise for that today? Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise. Come on. You're the anointed. You're the anointing. The Bible says that our praises become a sweet. We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at pcachurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.